how we can adapt our behaviors to interact with others more effectively. Welcome to the Marketing Mentors Podcast, brought to you by Red Pandas Digital. My name's Tasha, and I am joined with the lovely Linda. And in today's episode, we are talking about how we can adapt our behaviors to communicate, to work with our colleagues more efficiently and more effectively. Very interesting topic, Linda. It is. I feel like there is a lot to unpack there. Definitely. One thing I will say, T, with um, temperaments and personalities is, and I know uh, you definitely have some examples on this, this extends way beyond colleagues, right? Like, let's talk like, you know, the way people's temperaments and and the way that we uh, adapt our own behaviors towards their temperaments and their personality mm-hmm. totally depends on the type of conversation we're having yeah. and who we're having that conversation with, yeah. whether it's a sales conversation, colleagues, maybe yeah. it's our managers, for example. Yeah. Um, and I guess also communication. Let's not just think verbal, mm-hmm. but let's also think, you know, written as well. Yeah. And being Non-verbal. able to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Emails. If we can understand people's personality types and their temperaments better, then we can write emails more effectively yeah we can have better conversations with them as well or record videos for your emails more effectively yeah, <laughs> yeah. for those that are listening we actually did this entire podcast and then realized we mm-hmm. did not record so. so this is take two but I'm very excited to <laughs> repeat everything I just said the first time <laughs> uh, that's right it happens um but a lesson we'll definitely learn from so what um we're referring to in a lot in this podcast in this episode sorry is uh, DISC personality testing, so D-I-S-C. <laughs> um, a joke I made in the last episode was, uh, sorry, the, the previous take uh, was it's D-I-S-C, not K. Uh, which I saw you know, K in Tasha's yeah, notes. Look, it's a common mistake. Um, <laughs> happens but, all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and the other one is the temperaments test. So, mm. you know, if you're, if you're listening along and you haven't heard of those, definitely give them a Google search and do the test yourself. There's heaps of free ones out there and just see where you sit. I, I like them because it kind of – one does kind of bring up uh, some of your weaknesses. Maybe you yeah. are aware of them. Maybe you're not aware of them. It's good to be aware of your weaknesses because then one, you can work on them so they become more strengths. Mm. But then two, when you know that your weakness is prone to come out or at play, you can kind of counter that or just be aware of it at least. And then that's being self-aware and then having um, knowledge of where your colleagues or where your clients sit on those scales or those yeah. uh, frameworks Again, you're aware of their strengths and weaknesses, so you can, to your point, Linda, communicate to them better. Yeah. Come to them at the angle that you know they're going to be like receiving what you're saying yeah. better. Um, and then I want to get into a little bit later when we talk about you know working with colleagues around uh, things like how we communicate and what needs to be said and how we say it. So, T, I'm curious actually. Uh, Tell me, <laughs> what's your disc profiling oh, or your temperament? Yeah. I feel like you could probably guess this one, yeah. Linda. Um, I got, I recently did it, and I got a 41% D and a uh, no alarm bells there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and a 36% I. So high D followed closely followed by an I, and then mm-hmm. the the S and the C were in there, but they were small, like very small percentages. So that says to me, and again, like you said, no alarm bells, um, I, uh, have, I'm energetic, enthusiastic. My, my people, my team, they're everything. I'm very much orient, oriented around my team. Yeah. And in my leadership role, in my style is I want us to get the results we need to get to together and I'll do what I need to to support and push people to get there. With that said, you know, I just said push. That's how you know I've got the D in me because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I will. Hey, we're aware. Yeah, 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 exactly. We're aware. I, I can 
sometimes come across as too direct or too blunt, too short. And for the uh, for different personality types, they might see that as me being attacking or attacking them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I will share in a moment um, some examples of like some case, sorry, case studies, but some examples <laughs> when that did actually happen um, in, yeah. my, in my current role, my previous roles where I have been uh, told that my directedness, my um, bluntness has been seen as attacking. With that said, though, Linda, I'm very interested to know I feel like I know what yours are yeah. already, not because we recorded this before, but um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> just subtle subtle drops here and there. No, because um, we've obviously worked with each other for some time. Yeah. I see some similarities, but I also see some big differences as well. So why don't you share what your um, your personality ex- We overlap with uh, – in DISC, we overlap with the eye. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm very high eye, although – to be honest, disc I did a very long time ago and yep. I think it has changed, maybe the second dependent, but the first one that I am definitely still that. Mm-hmm. So all about the people and yeah. caring about relationships and nurturing relationships and working closely with people to be able to get results mm-hmm. and that results are driven from people. Yeah, We definitely um, are aligned in that respect. The 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 second um, type was S, which is like uh, loyalty, yes, but then there's like a dependable, dependable. Sorry, uh, they don't like to be rushed, and mm-hmm. I think that's changed to be honest. Yep. Particularly even in this role because it's so fast paced, like you have no choice but to rush. <laughs> and then the the temperament test as well. That I feel like that was more reflective of me. And I've done that one more recently. So that was melancholic and choleric. Yeah, interesting. And that's the like the choleric is the D yeah, kind I get, of I guess I if you're going to compare them. Yeah. And it's that things ha- things have to be done right. Yeah. And they have to uh, be able to get results. Like they're the two most important things to me when it comes mm. to like my personality type in the workplace. And I think that's me to a T. Like the attention to detail and yeah, driving that. bottom line results. So for um, if you're listening and you're kind of not sure what the D, I, S, and C is, D is dominance, I is influence, S, steadiness, C, compliance. Uh, and obviously each of them mean their own things. And when you do those, uh, like I think some free tests online, they give you a bit of a breakdown as to obviously which ones are more predominant in your the answers that you re- you respond to in these questions. Mm. And then um, there's some really cool stuff out there as to, you know, how to deal with different people in those situations and all that type of stuff. But um, it kind of brings me to our first example of um, how we've had to adapt our behaviour, or I have, in, in the workspace. And that is, um, and this has, happened, this has happened many times, I think the, the, the high dominance characteristic that I have, that bluntness, that kind of maybe too assertiveness or authoritativeness can come across as sometimes being attacking. And mm. what, specifically what had happened is I'd, had a team member that, um, you know, no hierarchy in this particular role that I was in, but it was very much like a deadline was missed and I didn't know how else to say to my team member, hey, you missed that deadline. Yeah. Like, And the way I said it, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. It mm-hmm. seemed pretty like straight to the point. There was no fluff. I just did what I had to. Because that's how you enjoy having conversations. Exactly. Like just cut to the chase. I'm that person that goes to the end of the book and reads the ending first because I don't have time for the other <laughs> like fluff of the book. And then someone's like, no, Tasha, read the book because it's actually quite interesting. And then I'm you like, You just oh, read okay. like the chapter summaries Yeah, at yeah. The you end, know in yeah. high school when they tell you to read like all those books? Ah, oh, that was me. Do you remember well. like Spark who Notes? Reads the Spark thing. Notes was my yeah, life. Or yeah, my yeah. best friend who read everything inside out and I'd say, give me the rundown mm-hmm. and then I do my notes. Yeah, good times. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah. So in this particular example, it wasn't until my colleague said, "Hey Tash, when you said this, this is how it felt." And then when she said that, I was like, "Whoa, 
self-awareness mm. light bulb moment I never meant to attack her. Yeah. I was genuinely coming from a place of like candidness. Yeah. I just wanted to tell her what I needed to tell her. Didn't have time for any fluff and it was received wrong. And now I value my team members so much that I was I was taken aback because I really didn't want to hurt their feelings. And, and I did. I think that's a really important point, T, and something that you kind of touched on earlier. And it's the fact that when we talk about understanding people's temperaments and our own temperaments, there's always two sides to it. Yeah. And in communication, there's having the ability to be able to understand your own temperament mm-hmm. and your own personality types, but then to be able to understand somebody else's. Exactly. So that way you can work on how you deliver that message, but then also consider how they will receive the message in yeah. turn. Yeah, I hear that. And yeah. I think along with being aware of your own strengths and weaknesses, someone else's strengths and weaknesses, and then this thing uh, this uh, you mentioned before, I don't know if that was before we started recording or before before, but we were talking about um, a book called Radical Candor by yeah. Kim Scott, I think it is. And I'll just make sure it's definitely Kim Scott. Yep, Kim Scott. And <laughs> basically Radical Candor, it talks about, um, you know, two main kind of like uh, – four main areas that someone can be in when they're delivering can't like something that needs to come across as candid or truthful or yeah. direct, right? Yeah. And being radically candid, which is where you want to try and work on being in, means mm-hmm. we're going to be being direct but also being caring yeah. and coming from a place of care. And so I think if we look at communication holistically and we say, okay, I know that this person is definitely not a high D or a high I, maybe they're more of a C or an S yeah. and – they are going to receive my directiveness not the way that it needs to be received. And as a leader, as a mentor, as an uh, emotionally aware individual, I need to say, okay, how am I going to deliver what it is I need to deliver Mm. in a way that they're going to receive it because of their personality type but also in a way that's radically candid and not the opposite which was ruinously empathetic. So that's when – you're too empath- empathetic that you just can't you're deliver not direct the message. At you're all. not direct at all. You just kind of wish wash all over the place. And well, you we know as need to get. coaches talking to clients yep. in regards to that c- communication style, if you will, mm. that people mostly fall into the ruinous empathy oh, yeah. category, which is you're really, really caring. Mm. For example, someone's late to a meeting and, oh, it's okay. Like I, I know you have a lot on and yep. you're really busy and you're making yep. excuses for them. And uh, less on the radically candid side, which is – being able to communicate in a way that shows that you really care about that person, but yeah. you're able to challenge them when they need it. Yeah. And I know when I did the dispersonality years ago, it showed me um, it showed me two metrics. It showed mm-hmm. me an adapted style uh, for me in the workplace, and then my natural style. Yeah. And my natural style was really high. It was higher in D. Yeah. Wow. And then in the workplace, it was a lot lower. Like you were. And yeah, I would subdue that yeah. dominant personality type because maybe I felt like it was too direct and yeah, masculine yeah and I was about to say I think that's yeah. a whole other like uh, totally topic that we could talk about where I do think uh, sometimes women in uh, corporate roles or just in roles in general we can be made to feel we need to shut down some of that masculinity yeah. we might have which whole is topic. yeah it's a whole other topic <laughs> but I, he- I hear what you're saying and it's yeah. really I, I, I would probably disagree with that now I think your D's maybe a little bit higher than it needs to be yeah, yeah especially yeah. in a leadership role and you know like I was saying before you know it's it, it's important that we come to our team members and our colleagues from a place of like radical candor but also yeah. awareness of okay, you're, yeah, you are more of an introverted person and you deal with things like internally. So I'm yeah. not going to speak to you in a way that's going to make you doubt yourself and then go off and have a horrible day because you, I said something the wrong way. Yeah. I'm still going to come from a place of caring and love, 
but I'm going to be candid. Yeah. With that said, I know you've got some examples, um, really similar like personality types and what we need to do from a sales point of view. Yeah, because like we said, so it really depends on mm. adapting your behavior based on who you're talking to yeah. and the types of conversations you're having. And you and I have spoken mostly on like internal work. So, you know, client relationships, yeah. colleague relationships, members, yeah. yeah, team members. But in sales, um, I guess they, they really you need to think about people's temperaments and personalities in a different way. Yeah. And for sales, uh, salespeople really should be considering affinity bias. Mm. And uh, for those of that are listening, affinity bias is a cognitive bias where as humans, we're naturally drawn to people that we, we like. And uh, sorry, be, we're naturally drawn to people that are like us. Like us, yeah, like us. And it yeah. can, and it's kind of like, if you've probably heard, I, I've heard of unconscious bias, which is probably, I'm guessing, like a similar thing. It's an unconscious bias we have yeah. for people that are like us or people that we we um, we want to be like even, yeah. if, if you want, if you will. Yeah, I guess it's it, it would usually be an unconscious bias yeah. that we just tend, we're naturally just drawn to people that, you know, have the same hobbies as us, yeah. like the same music as us interested in the same things, mm-hmm. talk a similar way. Um, and I guess for for people in those roles, a really great way and something that we've been learning is the law of three. Yes. And it's a really great way to be able to deep dive and mm-hmm. try and understand somebody's personality and uh, just gauge their mood, mood in a really quick way. Yeah, quickly. So uh, the law of three is really the the understanding that when you ask someone a question, the first answer they give you isn't always the core root of that answer and you need to ask an additional two questions yeah Mm. before you can really get to the core of it but it's a really great way to quickly identify what the general mood is like of somebody and their personality yeah i actually now that you mention i remember when we first did that exercise in that course we're doing where to really practice the law of three with someone and like anyone listening can do this um ask someone if you won a million dollars what would you do with it question one that was a good one you get the answer and then Keep asking, just keep yep. asking, and you'll see what, what what were the results of that, Linda? Do you remember? Oh, I ended up finding out all of this personal stuff that exactly no one would generally share, but because you keep asking those follow up questions, yep. you just naturally end up in that in that way, and all exactly. of a sudden you're having a DNM with uh, someone. Hundred percent. So that's and they don't know you. <laughs> that's the, exactly that's the power of that law of three. So yeah. in that sales environment, when you when you start asking those questions, and it's not just why why why, mm. it's better words than that, right? But it's those very specific uh, questions you keep asking, it helps that person get to know that other person very quickly, which then allows them to have better sales conversations with them. I say sales, but it's just conversations in general. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like back to that example, T. Yeah. Let's say they're in a situation and um, let's say a sales agent is pitching for business Mm. and they're going in and they're pitching to get the business of a seller's business, right? Um, And... They walk in and they notice that the sellers are really introverted, they are quiet, they're analytical, they, they, they talk slower, they think before they speak and you have two sales agents going in to that meeting. One of them, let's say they're both really dominant, but one of them goes in and displays that dominant personality by being super loud, yeah. uh, talking really, really quickly. Lots of hand movements. Lots of hand, exactly. Mm. And then the other agent who also has a dominant personality type goes in, asks the law, law of three, identifies quickly that that uh, seller is, not a is more introverted, Yeah, yep. is uh, quieter tone, less body movements yep. by mirroring them and also kind of becoming a chameleon in a way they're most likely to have affinity bias work yeah. in their advantage yep. 
And really that's important when it comes to sales. It's obviously just one aspect of selling, yeah, of course. but still really important to be able to adapt your behavior based exactly. on other people's personality types and yeah. temperaments. And some might see that as, oh, I need to be likable. It's not about being likable. It's about being re- like connected, relatable, relatable, yeah. like connecting with yeah. that person, but strategically doing it, asking those awesome questions, finding that like gap where you can bridge it and say, okay, we're, we're similar. I like, I like this. I can talk to yeah. you. I can share with you. Yeah. You might not get the sale, but you'll definitely leave a good impression on that person and they might potentially come back yeah. to you for another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Linda, that was awesome. Did you have anything else you wanted to add on to personality types, uh, temperament types? Yeah, I, th- I think we've been, we've obviously been speaking a lot about being able to identify yep. what someone's personality type is yep. and their general temperament. But I think it would be remiss of us not to talk about what happens when you misidentify that. Oh, of course. And you get yeah. into a situation where, yep. for example, you think that they're a dominant personality type and you act that way to them. Yes. But then it's yep. also really important to stay in that conversation and mm. actively look for any body language that could tell you otherwise. Yeah, misreading signs. Yeah, maybe they they were first leaning in and listening and then all of a sudden – you know, you you go on and you have this really out there extroverted personality type and they they lean back and they cross their arms. It's important to be able to identify that body language and then maybe try and to a degree like reassess. Adapt. Yeah, and adapt. Adapt like how you're approaching that conversation. Maybe you need to lower your voice. Yeah. Maybe you need to add more pauses in. Yeah. Maybe you need to kind of just ask them more questions. See how they're feeling. Gauge See how the often they're contributing. If it's a one-way conversation, yeah, I think it so all good. ties so nicely into emotional intelligence, yeah, EQ, emotional awareness. Um, you know, this is not a podcast for you to learn how to be more emotionally intelligent. I think all of these things that we talk about and we do, and experience and practice, is what helps get you there. Yeah, and being aware, like at every moment when you are in sales, when you are in leadership, when you're in mentoring, being aware and being open to critically reflecting on yourself and Mm. how you behaved in certain situations is what's going to get you to that next level. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, T. Oh, thanks, Linda. (laughs) I'm so glad that we did. Uh, Look, with that said, we are definitely at time this time and we fully recorded this one, so I'm very, very happy with that. (laughs) Tick. Um, Look, listeners, the idea of this podcast is to answer your questions, uh, so please go ahead and follow us personally on LinkedIn and send us those questions. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys.